Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Welcome to Name Three Songs. I'm Sarah Fagan. I'm Jenna Million. And this is a podcast where we discuss feminist issues in music and pop culture, all while empowering fangirls. Because let's be honest, fangirls knew about that band way before you did. We have some fun updates about Patreon. As you guys know, we've been mentioning that all of our Patreon content is available for whatever you wanna pay, between one and $10 a month. We have a ton of back content. We have a ton of music meltdowns, which were our bonus episodes where we talk about silly, goofy, random subjects, including like debating Tumblr music versus MySpace music and like the Avril Lavigne conspiracy theory, as well as like our Oedipus complex episode. And we also have some like smaller, like mini-sode episodes talking about new stuff. However, we have revamped Patreon with some new fun ideas. So Sarah, can you tell us about these new fun ideas? Yeah, so Jenna and I realized that whenever there's like some unhinged pop culture moment happening on the internet that wouldn't be something we would normally talk about on a big name three songs episode that we are sending each other voice notes ad nauseum yelling and screaming about it, whether it be like a silly shit post on Instagram or some wild interview. And I was like, Jenna, why don't we just record these and give them to y'all? Because the whole point of our Patreon is to kind of be silly, goofy with you guys. That's why we have our Discord where we can like discuss things with each other and feel like a little bit more of like a close-knit community. But also our music meltdown episodes and everything, while we do do research for them, they were always more of just like a good time us chatting with you guys one-on-one, very much like friends do. And I was like, why don't we just like keep up those vibes by talking about what we're seeing on the internet right now? And so we had seen a tweet of like these (laughs) really well-made graphics of like the Taylor Swift fan union. Or TSFU for short. TSFU for short. Which I think now that we've said that, you guys understand that this was a joke. But when we first saw it out of context... We were like, wow, this feels like something Taylor Swift fans would do, unionize. But then we realized that this was satire. And so we recorded like a little 15 minute episode of us having the meltdown of finding it again, realizing it was satire, realizing it was satire in real time while recording this episode and still discussing it. So that is now up on our Patreon. We have a couple other articles that have come out kind of recently that we're going to be doing the same thing about. And this is going to be an ongoing trend over at Patreon. So each week. On this episode, we will tell you guys what we had a meltdown with with you guys on Patreon. So you guys can go check that out. So you can join us on Patreon to get those episodes and more like it. We're going to definitely be having some more meltdowns with you guys over some pop culture moments that wouldn't make the podcast over there. And you can join us. And I know that during these episodes, we tend to try and shout out all of our Patreon members when people join. I can't remember if we shouted some of you guys out. So maybe, maybe we're giving you a thank you again. So... We do have some new members that I would like to say thank you for joining us on Patreon. So we have Katie and Kylie and Malene, as well as AJ, all joining us at Patreon. So thank you guys so much for supporting the podcast. We love you. And if you would also like to join us in all of this fangirl nonsense over at Patreon, you can do so at patreon.com slash name three songs. And so with all that Patreon stuff out of the way, Jenna, I know that we're getting into a lot of topics today. So would you like to go over with everybody what our main topics of the day are going to be? 
Today, we are talking about Halsey leaving Capitol Records and going to Columbia, why the switch happens, what this means, our thoughts and feelings, the future of Halsey. We are also talking about Megan Fox speaking out about her kids wearing dresses and also some like scrutiny that she came under related to that and also just how Megan is kind of like a badass witch at the end of the day. As well, in a similar vein of things, we're talking about Demi Lovato speaking out about their pronouns and how... They felt exhausted trying to constantly educate people about pronouns. And as you can probably tell, these last two topics have a lot to do with politics these days in America. Talking about trans rights, talking about non-binary, talking about pronouns. So these are very relevant and I think very important to see pop culture figures speaking out about these. So we're also going to discuss it in the context of the political sphere. And with that, I think it's time for some fangirl nonsense. Where should we start? You know what? I feel like there was a lot of like really small random things that happened. There was a lot of interactions for me personally happening on the internet. But one that shook both me and Sarah to our core. And maybe you got a preview of this if you were on our Instagram stories. But Charlie Puth's <laughs> photos for <laughs> Interview Magazine. I'm Please unwell respond. and not in a good way. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, I don't know if you guys remember from last year, but Charlie Puth also did a cover story for GQ Hype. It's like a bonus magazine with GQ where I was like, Charlie, why are you being so slutty? And I thought that that was like the worst we were ever going to get. And then this morning we awoke (laughs) to worse. (laughs) Dun, dun, dun. Dun, dun, dun. And uh, like, I literally like when Jenna sent this to me, I was like, I feel like Charlie Puth wasn't bullied enough. But also at the same time, I think he was like bullied a lot. So I don't understand. I know. <laughs> okay, here's the thing. Here's the thing. I am pro Charlie Puth. I am like, you know what? I, 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 I am pro Charlie Puth. I love his little TikTok songs. I think he's pretty hot. Like the thing is that... I think he's trying really hard right now to like be a sex symbol and he like doesn't know how and like no one's showing him how and now it's just like awkward and embarrassing for all of us involved. No one needs to see that much thigh and you're talking to a girl who texts Jenna constantly about all the thighs that I'm seeing amongst the men in New York City. (laughs) So like I'm a slut for a good man's thigh but like I don't need to see that much thigh. Like guys we're gonna post this on our Instagram so you can be involved in this and like have the trauma the same trauma that we had but it's like charlie puth is being it's as if charlie puth when he agrees to do these interviews is like i will do this but only if i can be slutty but he doesn't specify like what kind of slutty he wants to be so they send in like a 50 year old man with like the brightest flash you've ever seen to like take his photos in like bats in like weirdly lit and colored rooms with like weird outfits or no outfits when like charlie puth should be photographed in like slutty outfits with like soft light (laughs) oh he needs a female gaze to direct him so bad but number one the like i just don't i just don't vibe with the photography the art direction is like not it for me but number two there's very specifically a photo of him wearing like leather pants and a leather jacket with no shirt and he slouched down in this chair like grabbing his crotch literally and like has his tongue out but it's like it's like it's It's not in a tasteful way it's in a it's in a i invited my friend over to take pictures on a disposable camera for me at 3 a.m kind of way like it's not it's just like charlie is hot for the girls he's not hot for the guys and this is a hot for the guys photo shoot and like is it like this is just like what men think women think is sexy 
Like, th- that's what I'm saying. Like, uh, this is very much yeah. like a man being like, let me get in the mindset of what women want. And it's like, this is not what women want. No, baby. Baby, you can do so much better. Let me help you. I feel like there's potential there. Uh, and he's just, like, squandering it for some reason. Like, he's just letting this hat. I don't know. I mean, like, he, he didn't hire the photographer. Whoever, like, the creative director at Interview was came up with this shoot idea and hired the photographer but I just feel like even this shoot idea of like, yes, we want Charlie Puth in a bubble bath and him wearing leather pants without a shirt on. If you had given this to a female photographer, I think it could have been none better. Yes, 100% But agree. also, I am on the train for more men doing gratuitously slutty photo shoots and think that we should get more of these, but done by women. Like, I want Agreed. every photo shoot to be this slutty, but like with Agreed. a girly twist. <laughs> Uh, God. Okay, whatever. Like your TXT Come... shoot where they were in the forest. That's what I want Charlie Puth to do. <laughs> <laughs> you want them covered in glitter. Yes. And giving bedroom eyes. Yes. Not in a bubble bath with like not enough bubbles. In a I mean, weird the bubble bath I can fuck with, but just like in a glittery, low clarity kind of way. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I agree. Okay, moving on. <laughs> Sorry to drag you all into this with us, but if we had to see it, so do you. Next up, we have some maybe big news, Sarah, that we found out like today, day of recording. Yeah, Harry Styles was somewhere in England, I think, tonight. This is Friday, June 16th that this is that this happened. Harry Styles is on stage at his concert, running around with the bisexual flag. He goes, okay, here we go. Sparkly by music. Here it comes. And then he like does a pause, looks confused and goes, it's not all of this sparkly by music. And the crowd screams. And I think Harry Styles might have accidentally just come out of the closet. I know. <laughs> and that that is the ship I'm going to sink on. <laughs> But the thing is that like, like this video like has just dropped a few hours ago. I don't think it has enough views as it needs to have for the significance of these comments on stage. This is like- Because Harry's never given us anything. Is he, he's, he's like basically insinuating that all of his music is bisexual music. Yes, that's literally exactly what he's insinuating and I'm unwell. (laughs) He's never given us anything. Nothing. And Y'all, then he okay. just is like, oh, is it not all sparkly by me? Harry. Harold. That feels I like a I think we have sti- to take back everything we've ever said about Harry Styles' sexuality. No. Okay, that's a lie. Because every time we're like, I'm sure he's hooked up with guys. But he only ever publicly has dated women. We've never been like, yes. this is not a bisexual man. We've been like, this is he's not He's not a- publicly a bisexual man. But now he might be. I know. I know. Now he might be. I think we're more so we're more so the camp of and like we talked about this last week. We're more so the camp of like don't project onto other people. Again, we'll post this on our Instagram so you can see. Please respond because this feels significant. <laughs> we're losing it, and also I just like texted this to too many people, and like none of them responded in the proper way. So it's because it's Friday night, y'all. <laughs> like we need we need responses. Okay, in my corner of the world, a lot has been happening in K-pop world. You know what? I feel like there was a lot of like minor things that happened this week. Number one, we have Jungkook going on live stream. Point of view, like you're in bed next to him. <laughs> And I'm like, this man is like, who's more delusional? Who's more delusional, Army or Jungkook? Because he literally had the phone set up on his nightstand while he is laying in bed under the covers with his pillow. Like, I don't think we needed the imagery that he gave to us. Um, 
I've been thinking about this for a while. Like in a, the parasocial is parasocialing both ways. The parasocial is maybe not a parasocial and actually a two-way relationship. I feel like I have lots of thoughts to unpack about this that we maybe need to spend time on another episode doing because Mm -hmm. there's like a lot to unpack there. Yes, I agree. But I want to more so talk about Choice of On right now. <laughs> okay, well, we have Choice of On being absolutely obsessed with Hyunjin from Stray Kids. I don't think I got to mention this on the podcast the other week, but I think I put it on our stories. So Hyunjin from Stray Kids and Choice of On were both at the Dua Lipa Versace show, which was like a private, like small invitation. I think it was like 70 people. I don't know. The table was Choice of On, Hyunjin in the middle, and... Manu Rios, arguably some of the most pretty boy people to ever exist. <laughs> like, well, I'll post, again, I'll post photos of this. Like, when I was drawn to Stray Kids, it was literally because Hyunjin was so gorgeous. Um, <laughs> he's also an extremely talented dancer, like, very, very talented. But him sat next to Manu Rios, who's gorgeous, sat next to Troy Sivan, who is also gorgeous. I'm like, are you kidding me? But it is also funny that they put him next to, like, well, I don't know if Manu Rios is, like, outwardly gay, but he, like, plays a gay character on, like, the Spanish Netflix series Elite. Also next to Troy Sivan. Okay. Okay, look, there's videos of them. Troy looks very taken with him, taken with Hyunjin. Hyunjin's just like excited to be there. This was like two, three weeks ago. Fast forward, we have Troy Savon is like teasing new music. He goes on TikTok. He posts a fan cam edit (laughs) of Hyunjin. Like straight up, like people are in the comments. I thought this was a fan account. And he says, how can I contact Hyunjin? I literally, like, I texted Sarah, and I was like, what the fuck? And Sarah's like, I already saw this to you on TikTok. So, been having a meltdown over that, and the fact that, like, Billboard hopped in and, like, wrote an article about it, and, like, Spotify hopped in, and they made a playlist of, like, Stray Kids and Choice of On songs, like, back-to-back-to-back-to-back. Oh to back to back to back. Everyone's like, help Choice of On get in contact with Hyunjin, and I'm saying... All I'm going to say is, is that they're going to drop He's a already, remix. They already are in contact. They already hung out. Like, this is... This is Troy's fanboy way of, you know, getting Honestly, the to collaboration might have already like the collaboration yeah. might be sealed and done. This might yeah. just be teasing. Well, like now that I have the information when like I didn't when I saw the video this morning of like him doing his like fanboy promo rather than anything else of like wanting to get people like talking about them connected to each other. Yeah. He hasn't said that. So his single rut is gonna be called rush. He hasn't said that it's going to have a collaborator on it or a feature, but I feel like they'll just drop a remix like featuring Hyunjin. That's my guess. But it is funny because now that he's actually like leaned into it, people are going back and editing the footage from the Versace show of like Troy Sivan, like up downing like Hyunjin and like being hard eyes at him. I do think it's really funny that like celebrities have caught on that the internet loves a good fan cam and now that they're just making nonsense fan cams themselves because also in other like did a fan make this oh wait look at the caption Liam Payne made his own fan cam of himself because he's really feeling himself right now because he's doing that like charity soccer thing that they do in the UK and it was like he like made a fan cam of like him when he was young and then it was like going into like him with like abs <laughs> like on the soccer field and it's he's just been going so, hard it's just so funny because i'm like oh liam oh baby <laughs> he's been going on hard on the tiktok and hard on the showing off his body on the tiktok i will also say zane posted a photo from the studio so you know what harry's on tour louis on tour niles on tour liam is posting his body on tiktok <laughs> zane is posting himself in the studio it is a wild time to be One Direction girly. I don't know what I'm going to do with myself when Zane puts out new music because I fucking, I fuck with Zane. <laughs> I love him deeply. Uh, 
Oh my god. But yeah, so clearly there's been a lot of like tiny little fangirl nonsense that we've been deeply reading into. Wait, we didn't talk about Sean Mendez. Okay, I have been thinking I have been thinking deeply about Sean Mendez lately. So last week at the end of last week's episode, if you listened all the way to the end, I made a joke because at the time when we recorded, Sean Mendez was teasing that his single was going to come out and it was a picture of like the New York skyline like that was all orange from like the Canada fires, like all the the smoke. And the caption was like, "What are we even living for?" or like, "Are we what are we dying for?" It was something like that, like yeah. super dramatic. And so me and Sarah and like everyone on the internet was like making jokes like oh shit like he just felt really moved by these Canada fires and he had to get, he had to run into the studio so that happened like when we recorded then like obviously the next day this song comes out no this is a fucking breakup song about Camila Cabello <laughs> once again like this man was so dramatic for what for literally for a breakup song sir like he's like how can I make this about me <laughs> how can I make these Canada fires about me but also it's so funny because I feel like he like when the fires happened, went back into the studio to like put in a line about smoke. Like I think Yeah. <laughs> like that like it felt like so out of place with the rest of the song because there was like a line about like smoke in your lungs or something like that. And I'm like Yeah. Oh, okay, Sean. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. No, the funniest tweet that I saw was he was just like, how can I make this about me? <laughs> so this has just been like all the fangirl nonsense this week has been all of the boys himboing uh, it up. Literally. Which, uh, true. True. <laughs> They've all just been doing like kind of stupid, ultimately harmless shit. <laughs> They're doing it for us. It's so beautiful. It's honestly, it is all for us. Fangirls are thriving Uh, and I'm living for it. And it's just a great time to be a fangirl. But with all of that out of the way, which I know that was a lot, a lot to take in. But like this week in pop culture, there's been a lot happening. None of it's been like earth shattering news, which is honestly a breath of fresh air compared to the last like month and and a half. Not even like five weeks we've had of absolutely no breaks for, breaks for air it was six <laughs> it was i six counted <laughs> we have six whole episodes about the the uh couple of the air <laughs> yeah so it was nice when we were collecting stuff to have like three little things to talk about that are they're not they're they're things that i think could expand and also a lot of things that like are important to us and the conversations we've been having lately and like have had in the past of the podcast, but it's nice to be able to like break this episode down into like smaller little chunks to talk about things that we feel are relevant. So we're going to start this off by talking about Halsey because it was just announced that Halsey is moving to Columbia records and usually like a record label shift up is not like a huge huge deal like this is usually something that will happen when people meet their like album quota for a record label like sometimes they'll leave and go independent they'll stick they'll stay on or they'll go to another label like it's usually normal but if you guys do remember last year we did an episode about like how tiktok is changing the music industry and we talked about how halsey had gone on tiktok and made this like begrudging video about like oh my label's forcing me to make this make TikToks so that the song will go viral so that they can release my song. And we were kind of annoyed by that because it's like, you're the biggest star ever. If you go on TikTok and tell people to do something, they're going to do it and you're going to get what you want. Like, don't complain. But I think also at the time we weren't really thinking from the mindset of like, oh, 
pop stars get trapped in record labels all the time. Like these things are shitty, whatever. It more so felt like, oh, this is a star who's already a star and like doesn't like the new way of marketing, I think was like a lot of not just our viewpoint, but a lot of like journalists and other like pop culture commentators like viewpoints on it where it's like you don't want to feel like you're in the same lane as like the people who are coming on to TikTok and sitting in their car and being like, did I just write the song of the summer? Like, <laughs> and that's what it felt like. But now looking at it from the other perspective and also just based off of Halsey went on like Tumblr, which is where like Halsey started, if you know anything about Halsey lore, to write about like why there hasn't been new music from them lately. And so with a new perspective comes clarity of this was another woman at a record label that wasn't understanding her anymore and therefore feeling trapped and forced to do things that they no longer wanted to do. So Halsey, in talking about the TikTok scenario, it felt very reminiscent of like the early Tumblr era for them. And Halsey went on to write, it reminded me quite a bit of kind of how I started on Tumblr, using Tumblr as a way to cultivate a very specific creative brand. And then once that brand is established, putting out my music. Halsey also went on to write, thank you for having the patience and the faith. It will pay off in the long run. This feels like my debut all over again in some ways. Your love and support has carried me through a time where I thought maybe I only had a few albums left in me, but I know now that there are many more than I could have ever dreamed. I think that's a really nice sentiment. I think we can all relate to this thing of like when you feel like you're trapped in something where Mm -hmm. like you don't have your creative freedom, you don't like essentially you just don't have autonomy. It can feel suffocating and it can feel like how am I ever going to do this again and so for Halsey to sound like they have a breath of fresh air and like a new beginning that's very exciting for them yeah and I think also as a longtime fan of Halsey and her work like it was really interesting to see how much of a creative project they did with if I can't have love I want power and with doing that like very artistic film with it and all of the work that went into it and really pushing that creatively and I think obviously like all of her success leading up to if I can't have love I want power granted them the ability to put in all of that creative work to that but also the album and the theatrical release of the film like I definitely and this is obviously just my opinion based off of reading articles and stuff I don't think that it did as much for the label as the label thought it would yeah I agree based off of the way Halsey was acting following that and like the TikTok and then following all of those releases and it seemingly being like the label was unhappy with that and I think that I also kind of touched on this when she when she did that fucking weird re- what was that weird remix she did with just she did like a weird that weird song with like Justin Timberlake and somebody else where we were like this doesn't make any sense and it felt like the label was being like okay we let you do this big creative thing and it didn't work out so now you're going to be our puppet again and so that was like the, one of the signs of it it was also like when she made that video on TikTok complaining about them wanting her to do like TikTok marketing and pushing the songs on there and being like, we won't let you put this out until X, Y, Z. And so clearly there was a struggle between Halsey and their label at that time. And I think a lot of it had to do with the public's response to if I can't have love, I want power. I was just thinking about the song that you're you're referencing is called Stay With Me with Justin Timberlake, Pharrell and Halsey and Calvin Harris. <laughs> it feels like they're trying to make her what Dua Lipa is. Like, Halsey was never. Would we we consider her a list celebrity? Like, she has had a lot of commercial success, and she has a lot of really popular singles, but she hasn't had an album that's been as successful as Future Nostalgia. Yeah, I mean, I wouldn't. 
I don't know. I don't think that she's an A-lister in the same way that Dua Lipa is. Right. I almost feel like Capital was trying to make her be Dua Lipa because she has such a good voice that she's yeah. she's had so many hits. Like she had that chain smoker song. But it's like her albums are like more kind of like alternative artsy to the point yeah. where really it's just her fandom who listens to them rather than the general public. Yeah, I mean, the thing with Halsey is, is that I personally am always going to group her in with the pop girlies, but like she's not a pop girly at the end of the day, really. She's like alt pop and verging on rock music. And I think that that was always their goal in their music to kind of, you know, spin pop music on its head in a way. But it's reminiscent of what we've talked about in the past with our more deep dive episodes back in the day, which like we can link back to some of these episodes in the show notes if you go to our website. But we did a whole episode about artists who got trapped in record labels where we're talking about like Sky Ferreira and Fifi Dobson and even Ray and these artists where like the labels just like, well, we want you to fit into this glass box, please. And they tried to do that with Halsey and Halsey's like, I'm a creative genius, which I think that they are in a lot of ways. You cannot put me in a cage. And so I just think it's interesting because also like if you look at the label mates that Halsey had at Capitol versus who Halsey's label mates are going to be now on their new label in Columbia, like some of the people that are assigned to Capitol are like Fletcher, Ice Spice, Katy Perry, like Sky Ferreira, Maggie Rogers, and most of those, and I'm this is just talking from like the female artist perspective, but also like Niles on there too. Like most of these capital signees, if you look at the marketing and everything behind them, there's a lot of reliance on their fan bases and it doesn't feel as much like the labels putting in as much work and just kind of hoping for the best, really. Like I'm sure that there's more work being done than I'm saying, but it just always kind of feels like, oh, eh. like there's one or two artists that they focus on. And then if the artists aren't making them happy, they're going to just be like, well, you're signed to us. You have to do this. Whereas Columbia has artists like Adele and Harry Styles and Beyonce, also like Chloe Bailey and Chloe and Haley, Dove Cameron, Girl in Red, Haim, artists like that, where most of these artists, I feel like the promotional campaigns around things, it feels like they're getting more cover stories. They're getting more access and all that sort of stuff. Like Haim was just on the cover of LUK. So these artists are getting like bigger opportunities, even if they're not like the artists of the moment. Because I would say that Haim is very much one of those artists that like are self-contained within their fan group. But similarly to Halsey, they have like one or two songs that are big that get them a lot of intrigue by like the greater general public. But I feel like based off of who Capitol Records have, it's like their focus right now is mostly Niall and Ice Spice. And so Ice Spice was on the cover of Teen Vogue, but like and Niall was on the cover of Rolling Stone UK, but like where else are their artists like having that success in the same way that like Columbia's artists are getting that success, like even outside of like them being the moment, if that makes sense. Yeah. So I think that Halsey working with Columbia, it feels like a better match just in regards to like, even if Halsey isn't like quote unquote the moment right now, like they're still going to help her get the press that they deserve in regards to whatever they're doing i guess my only other thought on this is at the end of the day the industry is the industry and music is music and sometimes they butt heads sometimes they do not agree so i don't know fingers crossed 
all goes well for Halsey on their new adventures at Columbia Records. It'll definitely be interesting to see. And so going from that also, there have been some other things going on in pop culture that I think tie closely into what's been going on in politics lately. And if you guys have seen a underlying theme that's been happening with Name Free Songs lately, we've been trying to show you guys just how interwoven pop culture and general culture are together. And again, kind of giving you a leg to stand on when you're friends or family who don't understand why we all have pop culture worms for brains being like, well, actually, pop culture has a lot to do with what's going on in politics right now and what's going on in the world right now. And I'm learning more. And I'm sure you guys are learning more from listening to people that we actually have interest in. Because like, I know that when a pop culture star that I follow starts talking about something, I'm going to go and do more research on it because I'm more intrigued because somebody that I actually don't get bored listening to talk is talking about something that has to do with (laughs) political shit. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com slash balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. And so Megan Fox recently was interviewed by Glamour UK. And in this interview, she was asked about how she spoke to her three children about gender identity. And I think that this led to a really interesting conversation. And I mean, if you know anything about Megan Fox, like she's very witchy. She's very comfortable and open about a lot of things. And so I think that if you've ever seen like photos of her kids online, like you've seen that she has three sons and they will wear dresses sometimes and they'll wear quote unquote boys clothes. They'll wear like shirts and shorts sometimes. They all kind of have long flowing hair. They're just living their best lives as like feral little witch kids. And Megan Fox has no rules and she's trying to teach them to be open. So I thought that this was really interesting, especially with everything that's going on in America right now and trying to like slam down on you know transgender rights and even drag which i feel like at this point they would call her son a drag queen in some states for context megan's kids are nine eight and five so she was talking specifically about noah who's now nine and megan says that he started wearing dresses around when he was two years old and she said that she bought a bunch of books that address the full spectrum of what this is some books were written by transgender children some of the books are 
are just about how you can be a boy and wear a dress. You can express yourself through your clothing however you want. And that doesn't even have to do anything with your sexuality. So from the time they were very young, I've incorporated these things into their daily lives so that nobody feels like they are weird or strange or different. She goes on to say that she wants people to realize that Noah is more than just what he's wearing, pointing out that he's an unbelievable pianist who can learn Mozart's concerts in an hour. She says, I want people to see that, but also I don't want the world to have access to his gentle soul and all the things that we know they're going to say. So I have a lot of worries about that because I just wish that humanity was not like this. Although my kid is so brave and my child is so brave, I know that they've chosen this journey for a reason. It's just hard as a mom. And I feel like, I don't know, as someone who like only peripherally like pays attention to Megan Fox, I feel like her kids have been relatively out of the spotlight and it sounds like she's having these very real concerns. But I think like to your point of like this being a huge topic of politics right now, it's like she's speaking from a place that like parents with kids who want to like explore literally just wearing clothes and this is a stupid thing that we always come back to is just like why do clothes have gender period yeah. but it's like like you said hearing someone like a celebrity or someone that you care about talk about these things also makes you think and so it's like when she was dealing with this about you know seven years ago like the conversation around trans people and just like the way you dress like wasn't as advanced as it is right now and yeah. so she's like well I did my research like I read these types of books I read books that were by trans children but also like I found out it's like literally just not that big of a deal like it's literally just like you can dress however you want and I think that's something that's like to a lot of people they haven't personally had to deal with unless you've like been that kid or unless you've been that parent I just think it's interesting also coming from my perspective as somebody again who like works with photos in media and a lot of the publications that I've worked with I mean honestly most publications that I've worked with have had very strict we don't post kids like on the sites and if we do post kids you pixelate their faces and you can only post the kids with their faces shown if the celebrity has posted the kid themselves is usually like the blanket rule that we have so it's always been interesting because there have been stories about like oh like Megan Fox is out with her kids and like her son's wearing like an Elsa costume like in the parking lot of a Target or something and there was always just like there's too much conversation about it and I just think back to like when I was growing up and like I think between the ages of like 9 to like 13 I mostly wore boy clothes because I was just like so uncomfortable in my body and it was just like such a weird thing and I just feel like when girls wear like baggy clothes when they're young or whatever the case is there's so much less conversation about it. And there's oh, yeah, always 100%. the thing of like, oh, they're just like in a tomboy phase or whatever the case is. Like there's so much less conversation. Well, it's also like skirts and dresses have specifically been assigned to women. Yeah. Whereas like women are allowed to wear pants and it's not a big deal. Yeah. But it's like when it comes to a skirt, a man is never like allowed to wear that. Which is also funny because like in the like 1800s and shit like every like there's so many depictions of like George Washington and like all these like powerful men in like baby dresses because like boys used to wear dresses like back in the day and it's just like so fucking funny to me that like at some point dresses like changed what gender like also pink used to be for baby boys and blue used to be for baby girls and at some point that changed and now that's like everything that anybody ever believes And it's just so weird that like these things are so specific to gender and people have such a stick up their ass about it when wearing a dress is like bright and breezy. And who is who doesn't want that? Who does (laughs) like who doesn't want that freedom? 
I mean, the thing is, and like, I feel like why they kind of brought it up because American politics right now are in hell. But Robbie Starbuck, who is a Republican politician, tweeted this photo of Megan and her three sons and said, these are Megan Fox's sons. We used to live in the same gated community and our kids played at the park. I saw two of them have full on breakdown saying they were forced by their mom to wear girls clothes as their nanny tried to console them. It's pure child abuse. Pray for them. Okay, first of all, hearsay so megan basically screenshotted this post from robbie starbuck posted on her instagram and said i really don't want to give you this attention because clearly you're a clout chaser but let me teach you something irregardless of how desperate you may become at any given time to acquire wealth power success or fame never use children as a leverage or social currency especially under malevolent and uranus pretense exploiting my child's gender identity to gain attention in your political campaign has put you on the wrong side of the universe i have been burned at the stake by insecure narcissistic impotent little men like you many times and yet i'm still here you fucked with the wrong witch Ooh, <laughs> megan get him i love that response because she's not coming at him with like low blows she's not coming at him from like just a place of blind rage she's coming at him from like this place of just complete respect for herself and her mothering skills and respect for her sons and just like a place of power and i think that that's so incredible but also my favorite thing about all of this is that robbie starbuck posted a paparazzi photo without properly licensing it (laughs) and it wasn't just any paparazzi pic it was a backgrid pic and backward picks are money. <laughs> backward picks cost no less than $200 a pop to post them. Every fucking time you post a backward photo, that's at least $200 straight out your pocket. And so backward have threatened to take legal action because they posted this paparazzi photo without going through the proper channels to get it. But according to TMZ, who acquired legal letters from from Backgrid to this GOP candidate. This letter, which was dated June 13th, accused him of infringing on their copyright to the picture. And according to TMZ, Backgrid claimed that Starbuck did not purchase or license their photo before he published it on Twitter. And they also maintained that the image was not within fair use, in which third parties are allowed to use copyrighted works without permission in certain limited circumstances. They argued that Starbuck cannot claim his use of the photo was for political purposes. And the letter read, quote, while historically not always the case, we expect those who hope to serve as our elected representatives to lead by example and fully comply with federal law. Today, we demand you do so. And I just love that this paparazzi site, who like paparazzi, more moralless humans, really, at the end of the day, <laughs> were like, no, we have fucking morals. Because honestly- No, they, the only reason they care is because they didn't get their money. That's why. Like, yes and no, because they also- claimed it as this is child abuse like that was one of their Mm. claims according to tmz but also i will say that all of these sites do say that like if you purchase the photos you can't publish the kids faces Mm. so like there will be like a yeah yeah. a a warning like on the photos like on the back end so who's a real child abuser (laughs) here hmm Hmm, mr robbie who's a real child abuser i would also say as like a final note it is just so glaringly obvious that white men are doing everything in their power to villainize marginalized people, to villainize people who are literally not doing anything except living their lives. 
in mm-hmm. attempts to gain and maintain power and control. And that is the theme that we're seeing across this country that historically we've seen in America, as we've talked extensively on this podcast. It's all about power and control for white men, but it's just like the whole trans debate. And like, I saw a TikTok, I saw a thing on Reels on this earlier, and I'll try to link it for you all. But someone was saying that like, there's 1.7% of America is transgender. Mm. And it's like, these people are trying so hard to oppress this minority group that's 1.7% of people. And what they're really doing is just fueling their own political campaigns and using fear mongering to put dollars in their pocket at the end of the day. And I mean, also like the other thing that we really need to think about too, is it's like, if they're so quick to exploiting like celebrities, kids, they're already doing the same to everyday children as well. Yeah. Like when they're so comfortable, like exploiting these children just think about what they're doing to like normal everyday kids yeah you know and it, it's just like it's just so heart-wrenching and sad and again i'm going to say the same thing i say every single time we bring this up the holocaust like it's it's so similar that it yeah. makes it makes my skin crawl like every time that there's like new statistics coming out on all of this because it's so much easier to target a small minority of people and get a bunch of people behind that as well because like it's so much less likely for conservatives to be like oh well I don't know any personally and it's like the same thing where it's like it's so much easier to attack something that you don't know or have any ties to than it is to like attack something you do know and it's it's just so interesting in that regard because also it's like in Florida when Ron DeSantis basically like chased out all these undocumented workers, all of a sudden people are like, oh my God, like nobody's coming here for vacation. Like my, my shop can't be open because my workers aren't here. And it's like, there was some sort of all of a sudden the real impact fallout. Yeah. And so there was like some sort of realization from these people like, oh, maybe they're not that big of a minority. Maybe like we do need them. Whereas when it comes to trans kids, like they're never going to have that same realization. And, and so, they're kids, so they don't yeah. have the same voice. Like, exactly. straight up, they do not have the same voice in politics. Yeah. So And so in a similar yet different boat, we have a situation of clickbait, changing the tone of a conversation to once again make it seem like gender identity is something that is just a hot topic that people are using to, like, feel different and interesting. Right. And that Demi Lovato, as most of you know, Demi Lovato somewhat recently readopted using she, her pronouns. And so now it's like she, they rather than like they, she or just they, them as like Demi Lovato's pro, uh, pronouns. So like when she's on the radio, she's not going to correct somebody for just referring to them as she. And the quote that they were using from this interview, which was done with GQ Hype Spain, is that using they, them pronouns was exhausting And this is what almost every single site was running with. And depending on how right-leaning the site was, the more they leaned into the this is exhausting quote. It was as Demi Lovato got tired of using they, them pronouns. It was absolutely exhausting. Demi Lovato exhausted by they, them pronouns. I got tired. Like, yeah. So they're very much taking Demi's words out of context because what Demi actually said to GQ Hype Spain, was I constantly had to educate people and explain why I identified with those pronouns. 
It was absolutely exhausting. And that is one of the reasons that led me to also feel comfortable with the feminine pronoun. So they basically like went on to explain that there are like everyday instances of heteronormativity that feel like psychologically harmful to them, which is also why this like started to feel exhausting from my understanding, because Demi goes on to say, I face this every day. For example, in public toilets, I would feel more comfortable in a genderless bathroom. It also happens when filling out forms, such as government documents, where you have to specify your gender. You only have two options, male and female. And I feel like none of that makes sense to me. I see myself conditioned to choose a woman because there aren't other options. I think this has to change. Hopefully with time, there will be more options. And then she went on to explain more into like why she was readopting the she, her pronouns and that this didn't mean that like their advocacy work and all that was going to end. And they said, I just got tired in regards to like the educating, like we said already, the education that she was having to do. She was like, but for that very reason, in regards to being tired of having to educate strangers about what their pronouns mean, because it's like, I just feel like in every interview, they shouldn't have to explain themselves like there there shouldn't have to be that conversation. It's like they already came out, explained themselves. It doesn't need to talk be talked about every time. And so Demi is like, mm-hmm. but because of that reason, I know that it's important to keep spreading the word. So clearly yeah. in this, it's not like, oh my God, I'm like so exhausted by those non-binaries. Like they just don't get it, which is what these like conservative sites are trying to make it sound like Demi right. said. And so right. they're taking it and spinning it because a lot of what they teach you in writing these like news articles is like, okay, you need to hit a a character limit. Like you need to hit like at least 300 words to write a news piece. And so therefore you can't just actually quote the talent from an interview that's already out there. You have to reword it. And it's so easy when you have the quote right there to take that quote and make it out of context by being like, oh, they said that they were exhausted and like kind, kind of just like, running off of that and not fully using the quote because you're like, oh, well, I linked back to GQ Hype Spain. So like if people want to click on it, they're going to. And it's like, yeah, I mean, this is like we talk about people being misquoted. Sometimes they're literally misquoted, like in this scenario. Sometimes they're not misquoted, but it's like even celebrities complain like words are twisted, etc. But this is like case in point of like they're not being just the sentence. I got tired and the implied rest of that sentence was I got tired of educating everyone and people can run with it because technically Demi put a period at the end of I got tired but there was also a post from Matt XVI who does a lot of advocacy for the LGBTQ community and some of their commentary around this was it sucks to be queer and it sucks that people give me a hard time for being queer are two wildly different sentences and I Mm -hmm. think that's exactly what happened in this scenario and Matt also goes on to write there's nothing new about clickbait journalism but at a time of unprecedented hatred towards LGBTQ people, can we hold journalists and publications responsible for doing the bare minimum truthful reporting? I completely agree. Yeah, it's so frustrating. And I can only imagine the frustration and rage that Demi is probably feeling based off of the the media taking something that they said and twisting their words, especially when it's something that clearly they're struggling with in regards to being like this is my gender expression but it was so exhausting that it became i mean this is case in point (laughs) this is what's exhausting that having to talk about it became like their whole personality basically when it's like there's so much more to me than just my pronouns my pronouns are just like 
how I feel inside. Like I shouldn't have to talk about it all the time, which I completely agree yeah. with. And so to make their life easier in the spotlight, they're like, yeah, you can just call me she, her because I don't fucking want to talk about this anymore. Like it takes away yeah. from other advocacy work that they could be doing when like the first question that every interviewer is asking is like, why, like, why did you choose they, them pronouns when it's like, there's other work that can be done. There's other conversations that can be had that are similar yeah. yet different. And yet like if Demi feels so passionately about their gender identity, which clearly they do in discussing this with GQ hype Spain, like when you feel that deeply about it and how hard it is to not really have a gender, when somebody asks you, you're going to feel like you need to talk about it. You know, that would be like, I don't know. If somebody asked, like, if at every interview they're like, Sarah, why is Harry Styles your favorite member of One Direction? I'd be like, well, actually. And then the whole interview would just be me yelling about Louis Tomlinson. And I'd be like, I have too much passion about this. Or also someone asking you, why was the Maddie Healy's Nazi salute problematic? Yeah. It's like, you shouldn't have to explain that. And sometimes it's just easier for you to not mention that you're Jewish. Like, yeah. that's what it is. It's hiding part of your identity because, like, you shouldn't have to be the one advocate for that whole thing for every single person you encounter. Yeah. Because, I mean, that's kind of like from what I'm reading in the comments of other people, like, identifying very similarly to, to Demi's experience is saying that, like, I don't know, someone here wrote, like, they were in and out of the hospital and they had to revert to using she her pronouns because if the doctors like couldn't grasp that yeah and it's like essentially having to like diminish part of yourself for yeah. other people also on this post matt's caption was i think everyone should be wary of a headline that uses three separate sets of quotation marks <laughs> rearranged with filler words written by the author to create an entirely new sentence and then demi commented thank you which a with a bunch of the prayer emoji hands i mean that's really it at the end of the day and i think again why media literacy is so important and like understanding this it's like even trusted sites like we're quoting from like a consequence breakdown of this article just because they had all the quotes like readily available in one place and their headline is demi lovato and readopting she her pronouns using solely they them was quote exhausting and that's one of like the better verbiages of it but again like even a publication that's going to fully write out the quotes that demi said explain it relatively well give some more background on like why this conversation was important, link out to a lot of good stories about Demi Lovato and her gender identity. They're still doing a clickbait title because that's yeah. what journalists yeah. are taught that wasn't to that. do. Yeah. And so at the end of the day, it's like, I think it's really important to make it clear to you guys, like a clickbait article isn't the bad guy. The bad guy is when you go and read the article and everything in it continues to be clickbait and continues to be just completely out of context because it's like clicks are what get journalists paid and what keeps <laughs> keep journalism on the internet. And I hate it as much as the next person, but that's like what is good SEO and what gets people on the articles, what gets people on the page, et cetera. But what makes a good journalist is not the headline. It's how they report on said headline. And it's not good journalism to break up a quote so much that there's barely any of it left in order for you to tell yeah. the story that you want to tell. Whereas like Consequence yeah. and people and other sites that were reporting on this like are giving full ass paragraph quotes 
from Demi to like actually tell the story. And of course, of course, Fox News is going to take this singular quote and run with it as a way of an- using anti-trans rhetoric. So it's just another day in America over here, folks. But honestly, big props to Demi for like taking the time to do this interview, mm-hmm. taking the time to talk about it and acknowledging that like this is exactly why it's important to keep talking about it. Yeah. And so, I mean, these topics, especially like the Megan Fox and Demi Lovato thing, again, are just like really pertinent examples of how these pop culture figures are talking about, I guess, like high ticket political culture things that are happening. And I think directing interest to these topics to people who are their fans and followers. And again, showing just like how closely intertwined pop culture and politics are. And while I don't personally think that these are strong political stances for Demi or Megan to be saying of just like... Demi being like, I just want to be comfortable in my own skin. And Megan being right. like, I just want to help my son feel as okay in it his shouldn't body. Be, it shouldn't like, be political. This shouldn't have yeah. to be debated. And I think that this is another way of showing that like a pop culture figurehead, a celebrity, they don't need to be like aggressively political to be on the right side of history. They just need to like care about other humans and be empathetic. And it's like, I don't feel like that's expecting that much from people to just be comfortable talking about things that are hot topics right now and are affecting them personally and again it's just interesting to watch and see like who is willing to be part of the conversation who's willing to talk about stuff and who isn't and like how again this is going to continue going forward especially as like certain states in america become more fascist and a presidential election is coming up soon looming yeah looming is the best way to put it and so we would love to hear from you guys like what else you're seeing online in this regard of tying like pop culture to politics when like these things shouldn't really be political talking points and are and we've been loving the conversations we've been having in our dms lately because it's just been really fun hearing your guys thoughts on all that's going on in pop culture lately and how you're feeling about how your favorite celebrities are reacting to what's going on in the world right now so if you'd like to continue these conversations with us you can come hit us up on social media we were at name three songs on all platforms if you have any personal grievances or love to give either jenna or myself i am at sarah underscore fagan on all platforms and jenna is at jenna underscore million so and with all that being said thanks again for joining us this week on name three songs and until next time never let anyone make you feel bad about your favorite band and remember you're never too cool to listen to sean mendez don't forget to subscribe to be notified when each episode comes out and leave us a five-star review they really help if you want to find out more about any of the sources we referenced in this episode you can visit name three songs.com Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.